Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes, baby. In a Mississippi minute. That's right. Hey, hey, hey. We are coming to you from the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios. I'm Steve Azar. Today's guest is definitely a dear old friend. I mean the mills. She's prepared for my wife and I back in the day. My taste buds, I mean, they're still sizzling. But besides being a great cook, which is her side passion, trust me, her main gig is using her iconic voice that's been heard on more classic records and performed on the biggest stages worldwide, more than she or we could ever count. From her Motown recording days, back when she was a young lady, to being a Silver Bullet Band member with Bob Seger, She's worked alongside Meatloaf, Bruce Hornsby, Eric Clapton. Other acts include the Moody Blues, Herbie Hancock, Phil Collins, I'm not done yet, Glenn Fry, Joe Walsh, Michael Bolton, Alice Cooper, and rock musicals, historic rock musicals, Hair, Sgt. Peppers, etc., etc. Get where I'm going? I'm still not done yet. For many years, she's also been the lead singer of a little band called Little Feet. Oh yeah, I couldn't wait to say that. She may be the voice behind the voice, but her solo career has been stellar. One of her latest records, Ask for the Moon, released just a handful of years ago, was nominated for three Grammy Awards and won two Blues Blast Music Awards. We'll fill you in on how to stay connected with this legend and my old pal and get her music. Go to visitmississippi.org to find out a whole lot of cool, cool musical things, historical things, cultural things that you can do right here, right around the block this weekend. So let's get to know better right now the wonderfully talented Sean Murphy. Hey, Sean. Hey, Steve. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You know, in my mind, when I woke up this morning, I told Gwen, I said, I wonder if Sean is loosening her voice up because back in the day when we'd be at the house and it'd be sometime during the day, all of a sudden we'd hear a scream and it was... And it scared the heck out of us. We thought something happened, but it was you loosening your voice up. Do you still do that? It's, of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I do a lot before I get to that point, you know, but, uh, yeah, I warm myself up quite a bit. You know, I ended up having voice, voice surgery somewhere in the middle of it all for me. And it was a tough situation because it stalled me, and especially in a, a key time. When did you learn, or was there ever a time when you had vocal cord issues, or did you learn at a young age how to use your voice, how to protect it? Well, you know, I was in the same boat. I, um, gosh, when I first started singing, it was kind of an accident that I got into a band because um, I had done, thinking I was going to be an actress, I had done mostly plays in summer stock, and um, 
then I got a, I was also in a little duo with my boyfriend in high school. <laughs> so I get this call from this lady, and she's kind of quizzing me, and I'm going along thinking, well, she wants to hire us for uh, some kind of, you know, um, party or something. I'm going this and that and this and that, and I'm, I'm actually building myself up with no creds at all. And <laughs> it was the first and last time I lied about anything because <laughs> I got caught big time. But anyway, uh, to make a long story longer, I got... Um, I got through the conversation, and she goes, well, the reason I'm asking you all this is my daughters have a band, and they wanted to know if you'd come and audition for uh, the singer. And I went, oh, boy, I'm, now I'm caught. And I went, sure. So I get there, and I really don't know a whole lot of songs, but it was, it was an all-girl band, <clears throat> and they were called the Lorelei's. Hmm. And uh, um, the, the, the two girls, the sisters, were, were twins, and um, they did more like a soul band, uh, which fortunately I did listen to a lot, a lot of that on the radio. But um, we played, you know, a few gigs here, and then we got this gig in um, Sault Ste. Marie. And it turned out playtime was from 8 p.m. to 4 in the morning. And the girls didn't really know any <laughs> solos. So I got sing, stuck singing 200 songs. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Just, and, wow. Yeah. So after after that, I got um, I started tasting kind of blood in my throat, you know. So uh, yeah. we had to cancel the rest of the week, thank God. So I came home and I was asking around to to different people, and somebody turned me on to um, this throat doctor who happened to be Stevie Wonder's throat doctor, thank God. So I went up to him and he goes, "Well, he looked at me. He goes, well, you don't have nodes, but you you did have a few blisters there that yeah. that pop." He said, "Just." Shut up for two weeks. Don't even whisper. He said, people don't know this, but, you know, if you have a problem in your throat and you even whisper, it really taxes the throat. So I was, you know, right. I was golden. I just didn't talk to anybody, wrote things down, things like that. And then after that, it was fine. Wow. I never lied again about what I, yeah. <laughs> what my friends were. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm going to have a confession. You just reminded me of something. I remember being on my bike as a kid. I always remember this, and and uh, but but sometimes it obviously comes really into my brain, and you just did it. I remember going like, even God can't make me <laughs> wreck my bike. <laughs> Right now, I was in such control. All of a sudden, my bike flies over to the curb. It was like the worst bike wreck I ever had. And I said, okay, that was it. I was a young, stupid kid. I, and I've never said that oh my again. God. I've never said that again. We're talking to Sean yeah. Murphy. Hey, Sean, it's just such a unique instrument. You know what I mean? There's not many people like you in the world that's ever been. And that has the range and that grit and that thing. Uh, what I just always wonder please tell me your mom had this incredible voice or your dad or a combination because i can't see this just coming out of nowhere well the, the thing was my mom and dad could sing a little bit and uh they actually recorded this little acetate record um and my my dad sang route 66 on it and then my mom went in and sang um mm. hard-hearted hannah <laughs> yeah i still i don't have that record anymore but uh um, I wish I did, but, um, you know, we had a lot of music in the house, even though my dad was a policeman and my mom was a waitress, um, but they loved music, and my dad bought this little uh, record player and started bringing Elvis Presley records into the house, but, oh, you know, we weren't allowed to touch them. 
No. Right. <laughs> if we wanted to hear him, he had to, you know, carefully place them and, you know, turn it on and all that kind of thing. Yeah. So we listened to a lot of Blue Suede Shoes and Hound Dog and all that kind of thing. And uh, then when I got old enough to uh, start listening to the radio on my own, um, gosh, I heard Teresa Brewer on the right. radio. I'd go out of my swing set and just, stay, you know, swing and just yell, let me go, lover, to the top of my voice yeah. for hours. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was only eight. I had no idea what, what she was talking about. But, uh, yeah, from then on, I just listened to a lot of radio and, and found, um, you know, when, when uh, at night, you know, you could hear a lot farther away and, and uh, right, some of the right. radio stations. And I, I get some of these, I don't even know where they were, but I, I started hearing a lot of James Brown, uh, a lot of blues artists, mm. and Motown and all that kind of thing. So that really got me interested in, in different different approaches to the way, you know, people were singing elsewhere other than the pablum that e- even then we were getting on the radio. So I started molding in myself more in that vein, uh, you know, things happened along the way, and I got sidetracked, but I really love the blues and roots, right. rock, and all that kind of stuff for the beginning. Wow. I mean, well, you, there was, there's not a lot of separation of state in the times that, that you grew up and when I grew up. I mean, you know, as kids, well, I mean, you, you go from the influence of, of the Muddy Waters to the Rolling Stones, and you're, you, know, I mean, you knew about that. You know, you read about it with Zeppelin and, and Eric Clapton and all this going on. But you grew up in the Midwest. So you, you grew up in Omaha, is that right? Yes, I did. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. Uh, every time you guys have, how many times you could never imagine how you couldn't keep up all the times you've done uh, the great uh, Here I Am on the Road Again. <laughs> turn the page you know every time you do oh, that yeah. when you're on stage you go i'm home <laughs> yep that's right yeah, I, I started working yeah i started working with bob oh gosh i think i was at 73 um friend of mine and and myself uh first recording we did was um cat oh um, yeah yeah and i think I, I think i was already stony because i started being in, in, in rock bands from right. the all-girl bands I was in. And I thought, you know, I don't really want to use my name, so I'll just go under the pseudonym. Uh, a friend of mine back in Iowa, where I lived for a time, uh, he was in a band, and, and he he was using the name Stoney, and I thought, God, that's really a cool idea. So <laughs> I incorporated it. it, yeah, and used it for about eight years until I decided I was actually going to thing for a living <laughs> so you so that was sort of your it was your stage name yes okay i want to get into how long that last into the motown days i know we jumped to bob but we're going to be right back we're in a mississippi minute we are with the fabulous sean murphy you're in mississippi beautiful studio as always go to visit mississippi.org to find out a whole lot of cool cool musical things historical things cultural things that you can do right here right around the block this week we'll be right back In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Flying down a Mississippi highway, I am with Sean Murphy, great, great, incredible artist, songwriter, singer, uh, one of my favorite people ever. 
spent many days breaking bread at their house. Uh, you're keep Mississippi Beautiful Studio as always. Go to visit Mississippi.org to find out what you're going to do this weekend. Sean, this whole Stony thing. Did, when you meet, when you do your Motown Records thing, is that your first break as far as real break, or were you doing the? Because we talk Meatloaf and we talk about Sergeant Pepper's, and you're doing all this stage stuff, you and Meatloaf, and I, I want that to be a separate topic. But where okay. does Motown Records come in in regard to all of that? Well, that actually does tie in with Meatloaf because uh, uh, Motown. I was doing hair. Uh, run of the play, which is the entire length of the the run uh, that Hare did in in Detroit. Um, they came down opening night and saw the play. And Meatloaf and I had no scenes together, but they thought Stony Meatloaf. They thought that was a kind of a cool little <laughs> little deal. So uh, they called us in, said uh, we'd like to record you guys as a duo, and we said sure. <laughs> Wow. So we went in and, and wrote and recorded all these uh, songs so and, and put it out and didn't go very far, but we did do a, a number of uh, uh, shows along the way to support the record. How, how, how young were you then? Oh, gosh, that was... Boy, you do the math. Well, I'm just thinking, were you I'm, a teenager still? No, 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 uh-uh. I was probably in my 20s. Um, okay. Yeah, because uh, I, I, uh, I started hair when I was three months pregnant, so I was probably 20, 21 wow. uh, at the time. And uh, so that was 1970, I guess, give or take. And, and the record was released in 71. Okay, so you're doing hair in what city are you guys doing that? Or is it on the road? Well, the, the, no, the first one we did was the run of the play in Detroit. Okay. Um, yeah, after that, uh, I had the baby, and then they called me up after she was maybe a month or two old and said, look, we're doing, uh, uh, we're, we're combining a couple, what they call tribes, um, for the Broadway show. You want to come in and do that? And we said, sure. So I packed up my daughter, and, and we flew to New York. And uh, she slept in. She slept in the. I pulled open a drawer in in the hotel room and put full of bedding, and that's where she slept in the wow. bottom drawer for wow. a while. That was her crib. And uh, yeah, wow. and so we went. Uh, we did the play there for a few months. Uh, that closed, and they offered me what they call the bus and truck or or a new new um, venue. So we went off to. Um, Washington D.C. in the National Theater. We did that for about four months. Wow, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. Okay, and you're at this point. You're stationed. Your living home is now Detroit. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. And Motown had been had had blown up at this point. All this is going on, and where do you and Bob Seger meet? How does that whole relationship start? Because it's been one that, you know, getting to spend that time on the road with you guys for, what, seven, eight months. I, I really yeah. appreciated the fact of this long, loyal family that was on the road together. And I know there were Don Brewers and a couple changes here and there, Mark from Vegas, that were just a little bit of tweaks here and there. But you, the, you girls in the back and Alto and, you know, obviously Moose joined him and all that, but still the bones of the band 
it just seemed like you guys, it was a family. So where, where how did the family begin? Well, it, it, it's sort of a here today, back up, start again. You know, it was kind of a weird kind of situation because when I first met Bob, um, it was probably in the late 60s, and uh, Bob's manager, Punch Andrews, had a lot of clubs. Uh, besides managing Bob, he had a lot of clubs in town where uh. the local bands would play. And so uh, I had gone into one of his clubs because I was picking up a check from a, another club that we that we had done for him prior to that. So he was in the office. I walk in, and Bob's there. So I got a chance to meet Bob at that point, um, and uh, he knew we, I was a singer, blah, 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 and who should be playing that night in the club was Cream. So I got a chance to meet Eric Clapton wow. and Bob in the same night. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so anyway, um, you know, things progressed, and I, I was in Motown, and, and uh, I, I had gone out to L.A., um, and I sat there because what had happened was uh, Barry Gordy had stepped down from Motown. And Suzanne DePass had taken over, so she she moved the whole shebang out to L.A. And when they got out there, of course, Meatloaf and I were still under contract, mm -hmm. and um, uh, they called me up and said, well, we're, we're not going to keep Meatloaf, but we want you to come out to L.A., and uh, we're going to try and do something with you as a solo artist. I went, well, that's really cool. So I moved out to L.A. with my daughter. <sighs> so anyway, I did a couple things with them, um, and then I just sat there. And I, I kept calling the office, what, what's going on, what are we doing, da-da-da, and, and couldn't get any real answers. So I called up Punch. And I said, look, I've been sitting here. I'm used to working all the time, so what's going on in Detroit? And he says, well, we are looking for a background singer for Bob. Uh, is that something you'd be interested in? I said, well, I've never done that, so it doesn't sound too hard. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Okay, so this this continues. Bob starts. At what point do y'all turn into Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band? And when does the first hit happen? Seventy eight, I guess. I was staying down in Florida with my dad, and they called me up and said, "Look, um, Bob wants to know if you'd want to come out on the road with us again." And I said, "Sure." <laughs> uh -huh. I was between bands at the time, so. I immediately flew home and started working with them. Um, we did a, about a half a tour, I would say. And uh, Bob, at, at that point, I guess, was really starting to listen to the tapes. Uh, uh, that's kind of one of the reasons that he called me. He said he wanted to, to get that girl uh, voice in, <laughs> in, back in the, the mix. So, and he right liked it did. so well. He, yeah. <laughs> And he liked it so well that he said, look, I'm going to bring somebody else in. Uh, I really like what this, where this is heading. So, um, you know, we're, we've been out there for a few months touring. And so he brings in this little tiny girl, and, uh, which was Laura Creamer. And uh, I'd never met her before, but Bob had uh, known her for many years. And she'd moved out to L.A., but she's from Detroit. And she had uh, uh, an all-girl singing group, which Punch had, uh, <laughs> to add more uh, side notes, uh, Punch had actually managed their group for a little while. Okay. So that's yeah. where Bob had known her for a long time. So anyway, she, she comes in, and we have a show that night. And he goes, well, she'll be okay. <laughs> she's, 
Wow. She's real good. So, so she had no rehearsal, and she's like a deer in the headlights at some point. And I just looked at her. I said, look, I'm going to touch you on your back and push you up to the microphone, <laughs> and that's when you're going to sing, and then I'm going to grab you and pull you back from the microphone, and that's when you're going to stop singing. And we did that all night. Wow. And she was so amazing. She did a, She did a great, great job. Well, that sounds more like our band and not not you guys because when every time your rehearsals were so um you know you go you, you guys went through everything at every you know in every arena and it was uh a lot of work and i would go oh my gosh i'd be like check one one that feels great all right you know everybody how is everybody <laughs> feeling great let's get off you know because I, yeah. I wasn't the rehearsal guy i'm still not and uh rehearsals drive me crazy so i'm i would rather wing it so was Bob always like that, or was he cool with it? Or at what point did he really become like, I really want to make sure that we're locked and loaded for every show? You know, we didn't, we didn't do that much in, in the Borneo band. But by the time I got back there, um, we had started to do more in-depth sound checks. But still, not to the point of when you guys were with us. And, yeah. and uh, some of the time, lately, we had gone into an hour and a half sound checks mm-hmm. it was just astounding that he was you know had a voice for the show right it always worked out right. you know sometimes when you have a sound check it really it's really a helpful tool to to open your voice and you know get ready for the show right so that's the way i always looked at it no i know i love it we're talking to the great sean murphy sean we're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studios, but now I know Motown and I know the history of uh, Detroit and all that. And boy, I appreciate it like you wouldn't believe. But Mississippi is the birthplace of American music. So where I'm going here is you get to play DJ. Would you like to hear, uh, let me think here. Uh, I'm going to say Ike Turner or Bobby Gentry. <laughs> That's not fair. Well, I know. All right, you got it. We were great. The great Sean Murphy. We're going to talk about how you can get her music. I want to talk about her solo career. There's so many careers she's had. Uh, Obviously, stems uh, from one thing, and that is her incredible voice and the gift that she's been given and sharing with all of us for so many years. We're in a Mississippi minute. We're going to be right back. Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. With Sean Murphy, I'm Steve Azar. You're in the Mississippi Minute. Go to visit Mississippi.org right here to find out everything you need to do this weekend or maybe maybe the whole week. Just take seven days, eight days a week. What is it? Here in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio, I am with my pal Sean Murphy blues rock soul legendary singer and songwriter it's just so good to have her on the show sean what is your website so people can come just sort of follow you uh your instagram your twitter all that stuff you know how do people locate you and become like buddies with you 
the name of the website is seanmurphyband.com. That's S-H-A-U-N-M-U-R-P-H-Y, band, B-A-N-D.com. I love it. And what about like social media, same thing, when you, they can find you on Twitter and all that, or do you do that? Yes. Uh, I'm on Twitter as Sean Murphy Band and as uh, well as Facebook. Um, Instagram, okay. uh, Facebook, and YouTube. I have my own YouTube channel, so that would be just Sean Murphy Band. Uh, Sean Murphy Band. Got S- yeah, S-H-A-U-N, everybody, Murphy Band. Okay, got it. All right. I, we can talk about all of this incredible stuff, but I do want to talk about your career and that last, the, the record that three Grammy nods, it's not easy to get Grammy nods. They're, they're really difficult, more than ever. So take me, you, you, so this is 2012, so I had moved back to Mississippi and you were making this record. When did all this start and what was the process? And when you found out you had three nods and you won the Blues Awards and all that, I mean, take me because I disappeared for a while. You did. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, uh, actually, it started in 2009. If I can digress a little bit, yeah. Uh, I had left. I had left Little Feet, and I'd moved to Nashville in '95. But Little Feet had toured so much that every time we were home, I was just exhausted, and I didn't do any networking. So by the time 2009 rolled around, I said, well, you know, (laughs) I got to start somewhere. So I started going to these um, meetings for, you know, connecting, networking, finding things like that. And one of the girls at one of these meetings said, well, there's a blues jam down at this club you might want to check out. And so I went down there and uh, I, I said, uh, well, I, I, I'm kind of early. The band hasn't even set up. I sat there. The band starts to come in, and they said, well, you sign up. There's going to be a sign-up piece of paper, <laughs> which I never saw. Um, so <laughs> periodically, uh, when the guys in the band would walk by, I would say, well, you know, I, I'd love to sit in. And, and at one point, this one guy sort of patted me on my hand, and he goes, well, you know, this is a professional jam. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, only invited guests will uh, be allowed to sit in. I went, oh, okay. So I sat there for a little while longer. Then I went to the keyboard player, and I said, look, I said, I'd really like to sit in. And and he goes, oh, of course, we have, uh, we really need uh, women singers to sit in. You have all these players and guy singers and yada, yada. So then I sat there a little longer, (laughs) and the the one guy that seemed to be the, the, you know, conductor of the whole thing, came by again, and, and he said, well, we'll really try to to get you up, but, you know, as you see, all these other people are ahead of you, and, of course, I knew that wasn't true because I was there and nobody was there yet. What is, so, I, I can't, I, all I can see is this guy with his head between his legs right now. <laughs> he has no idea. So, oh, anyway, he comes, he comes by again, and uh, I, I'm the worst absolute worst at self-promotion i really am but finally i just gritted my teeth i said well you know i've worked with yada 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 and they went he went okay and he patted my hand again he walks over to the this other guy and he's talking to him and um and he says well she says she's done this and that and this and that and he goes well i don't care uh who she sings with in the shower she's not getting up on my jam This so is great. Five, this is fantastic. Five hours later. Five hours. I guess, yeah. I guess they felt sorry for me yeah. because 
we, he says, well, we're going to do one more song. And I went, okay, well, at least, you know, I'm out here. You know, I'm meeting a couple people. That's okay. That's the first step. So he says, we're going to bring up this uh, lady. She's been so patient, blah, blah, blah. And he introduces me. and went, oh, geez. And I ran up to the stage. And uh, I talked to the guys. And I said, well, do you know this song or that song? And they, well, yeah. So we started doing one song. And I started to sing. And I see out of the corner of my eye the guy that was patting my hand all this yeah. all this time race to the stage, go through all of his harmonicas and grab something in the right key and start playing. Yeah. I went, Oh, I guess I I guess I'm yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give me a break. I mean how could they have not known? I mean Well nobody nobody there knew except the bass player. He saw me come up and he went, Okay, wait till these guys hear this. He told me later. And he just had a he just had a big chuckle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you end up be, ever so he, becoming friends with this guy that was patting you on the hand a lot with the harps, or did you? Oh yeah, okay. oh yeah. And okay. the guy, and the guy that was told me to sing, and he was thinking I was singing in the shower with these people. Yeah. Turns out he's my manager now. He oh was, come on. He, I am not kidding. He is T.C. Davis. He is the best guy. He is just the best guy. Oh, I love it. I love, you know, you know, it's, it's funny. You don't burn well. Isn't it funny how you have to reprove yourself at like constantly sometimes and you're going like, but but it's okay because you're ready for any of those moments yeah. at any time. But it's funny how uh, people end up in your life. Uh, there would have been plenty of times where I would have, I tried to burn bridges and they ended up becoming my r truly biggest mentors. It, it, it may have taken 10 years for it to happen, but it uh -huh. happened. And it's funny how our careers our careers end up with people that you just could never imagine, right? Five hours before or even up to four hours and 59 minutes before, there's no way those guys are in your life, <laughs> you know? And exactly. It, just crazy. We're and talking. it turns out, it, it turns out that this, this T.C. Davis is friends with all these people and that are playing in the, in the band, and most of the, the guys decide, well, let's form a band and uh, work with Sean. So uh, TC comes in, and, and he's helping us out, and we're going to record a record, which I did, Live in the Blues. It was my first record, and TC produced it. And um, it, it just spiraled from there, and every year, um, for the longest time, I just recorded a record. And TC was the, the, the impetus and the, the con, you know conveyor of players all around. He just knew everybody. Right. So we were uh, just in this flux of recording a record every year. And then finally, my fourth record, which was Ask for the Moon, um, we, we did it at a different studio for a change. We went out to Colorado. We recorded uh, a lot of basic tracks in a uh, really good studio here in Nashville. And uh, um, one of the guys... <clears throat> that was um, helping TC uh, produce the record was on the Grammy committee. And so he submitted the record to the Grammys. And uh, wow. we, we were up for three, three categories, um, got all the way apparently to the fifth round, which is the final to, right. to get all the final nominations. And uh, uh, I got beat out by Tony Braxton's sister. <laughs> wow yeah well that probably was you know you know that the the grammys now which is great we have actually a grammy museum uh num number two in cleveland mississippi where 
I'm the artist in resident at Delta State. For we have great studios, great curriculum, Delta Music Institute, and you would love it. But it's down here where I went to college, <laughs> you know. So wow. it's it's just insane. But it's here, and we have a you know a lot going on, and uh, constantly. Even Garth showed up the other day, just showed up and uh, and did a, a deal for the kids, and he said he's coming back, and it's just really cool. But but it's cool. down here in in the heart of the Delta, and so we got to bring you down here sometime. But just these days, I mean, you didn't lose to a better record. You lost to the politics and the power behind what you need. You know what I mean? A little bit of. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And you got to have the money to win it. And, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. we were we were a fled, fledgling little group. Um, I was so excited to to get to, to the fifth round. So right, right. That well, was pretty that's cool. Incredible to be nominated, especially multiple times. And then do a break with my pal Sean Murphy. Go to visit Mississippi.org to find out all the cool, cool, cool things you can do right here. There's so many great things. I love this place. So I move back home. I'm still trying to find my way. Hey folks, Steve Azar here. My friends at Guarantee Bank are setting the standard in banking. Guarantee Bank is committed to excellence in financial services and their delivery to strengthen the communities they serve and help improve the quality of life for those all-important areas. So make your reservation today. Their doors are open. Just schedule your appointment and reserve your spot prior to visiting them at gbtonline.com. The entire team of Guarantee Bank are committed to serving you and keeping you and their staff safe during these unprecedented times. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. The news doesn't sleep, and neither do we. Fox News Radio, late breaking, up to the minute, from around the world, around the clock, here on Super Talk Mississippi. Feeling down? Here's your prescription for a daily dose of good news and positive vibes. Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Every afternoon, Rebecca highlights all the good things happening right here in the state you call home. Daily exposure to good things with Rebecca Turner may cause smiling, feelings of positivity, happiness, and even laughter. When you experience these symptoms, tell your friends to listen. Okay. Weekdays starting at 2 p.m. here on Super Talk Mississippi and now on Amazon Alexa devices. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. We're with Sean Murphy. I'm Steve Azar. You're in a Mississippi Minute. Go to visit Mississippi.org right here to find out everything you need to do this weekend or maybe maybe the whole week. Just take seven days, eight days a week. What is it? You're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. I am with my pal, Sean Murphy. Let's back up and do a little Little Feet. Because, you know, how long? did you? Were you with them a decade? Or was it a little less? But you, oh, gosh. I mean, you were it. You were out front and you were blowing and going. And how did that relationship start? That started um, in 1986. I, uh, Seeger was thinking about having... Um, having a farewell tour and having some of the people that had been on so many of his records uh, come out on the road with him. And two of those people happened to be Bill Payne and Fred Tackett. Of course, 
Lowell passed in, uh, Lowell mm-hmm. George passed in 79, and the band was on hiatus. So um, uh, Bill and Fred came out with Bob on that tour. We got to be really good friends. And at the end of that time, um, the band decided uh, to reform with Craig Fuller as the singer and go in and do a record. So and that was Let It Roll. And uh, so they called Bob and I in to do some backgrounds. <laughs> and uh, uh, I continued on to the next two records. Uh, of course, poor Bob didn't get rehired. What yeah. can you say? <laughs> <laughs> poor Bob. <laughs> <laughs> and so I did the next two records, and then Craig decided um, he he didn't put his hat in the ring because he wanted to be touring all the time, all the time, because he had just had this new family and everything. So he said he was going to step down. So I was already kind of ensconced in there, and, and they were between uh, record labels, and they called me up one day and said, look, we're, we're doing a bunch of pre-production at Paul's house, mm-hmm. and uh, do you want to come over and sing some backgrounds? I said, sure. I live not too far from them at that point in L.A. And uh, so I went over, did a few uh, backgrounds, and, and they said, look, we have this other song, Romance Without Finance, and can you take it home and come back at tomorrow and, and sing the lead on it? We just want to see what it sounds like with a, a female voice on it. Oh, sure. So I came back, sang the song, um, <laughs> and so everybody's quiet. Nobody's talking, and they're kind of looking around. And So uh, Paul Barrera uh, gets up and he goes, Hey, Sean, what would you do if you found yourself in the middle of nowhere on a bus with seven other guys? Wow. And, that, and that's how he asked me to join the band. <laughs> wow. Are you got to be kidding. So you're talking, so so how long were you guys together? Uh, about 15 years. Oh, so it was that long. Wow. Yeah. For some uh-huh. reason. Well, listen, I saw it. I got to witness it. And it was insane. Because it was like, it was like, uh, first of all, it was very historical in my mind. I knew what I was going in to see. But just to just to experience it. And you guys, it was, it's just a level that, of, uh, of incredible soul and professionalism as players, but you throw all the yeah. rules out and it just becomes something else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it's that way with Bob Seeger, with you guys, with Bob. It's been that way with so many people you've worked with, but you know, there's, you've got a little bit of the glue factor going. And, uh, and I just think that that... Big kudos to you because, and then all of them. But it's not hard for anybody. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna praise anybody and pat them on the back for realizing your talent because it's a no brainer. And that I don't care who you are, you're in the minute you hear it and you know that it's special. I mean, just crazy to me. So here's what's happening now. Let me tell you what happens. It happens every once in a while. One Mississippi minute is just not enough for a guest. So I'm going to invite you <laughs> to continue to talk about some of these icons you've worked with, they've worked with you. The stories are just, to me, so important, and we can't get the whole Sean Murphy story until we're done. So would you mind doing uh, a back-to-back Mississippi Minute with me and we can continue our conversation? I know you've got to get to rehearsal, and, uh, and I'm putting you on the spot with my listeners because this is not getting edited out. Uh, but anyway, I, I would like to think that uh, we could complete our journey uh, on, on the next show. I'd love to. Okay, great. We've been with the great Sean Murphy. You heard the next date go down. We got a date with Sean. 
Uh, I'm hoping that she's going to, we're going to talk about her cooking. We're going to talk some Bruce Hornsby. Uh, there's just so much more. And I do want to dig into a little bit of the road time with Little Feet because you guys worked a whole lot. <clears throat> In a way, you reminded me of B.B. King. B.B. Uh, always worked. You guys were always working. Um, yeah. And you'd rather work. And that's obviously how, Sean, you've been since you were a, 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 a young lady, a young girl. You always wanted to work. Uh, and then there were some holes that we didn't discuss when Bob was taken off for a second. Maybe there were a couple years in Detroit. You moved back from L.A. I want to talk to you about that as well, and I'll make notes about it. But we've been in the Mississippi Minute. We are with the incredible Sean Murphy, SeanMurphyBand.com, S-H-A-U-N, MurphyBand.com. you got to check her out. you got to follow her. You're not going to believe it. Uh, for a lot of you guys that have seen her for many years, you're in the club. And you're in a Mississippi Minute. <laughs> Sean, I love you, pal. I'll see you later on. We'll see you tomorrow. Oh, great. Thank you so much. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. I'm still trying to find my way Hey, folks. For over 75 years, Guarantee Bank has been committed to meeting the financial needs of their customers and communities. Even during this challenging time, that commitment remains the same. They're always there to serve your everyday banking needs, answer your questions, offer support, and get through this together. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes. In a Mississippi Minute. That's right. Welcome to the Mississippi Minute, everybody. Hope you guys are healthy and safe. Reminding you there are so many wonderful, cool things to do right here in Mississippi. Go to visit Mississippi.org to find out more. You know how I feel about it. We're coming to you from the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios, oh yeah. And also, beautiful inside and out is today's guest. It's part two, celebrating a career that's been so fruitful in the music biz and so well-deserved. One of the greatest singers of our time, who's worked in the studio, made records with, toured on the road all over the world with, a Silver Bullet Band original member with Bob Seger, and there's Meatloaf, Bruce Hornsby, Eric Clapton. Other acts include the Moody Blues, Herbie Hancock, Bill Collins, Joe Walsh, Glenn Fry, Michael Bolton, Alice Cooper. It goes on and on and on. It's part two. That's why we're spending two Mississippi minutes with my pal, the iconic, incredible, and incredible cook, just FYI, Sean Murphy. Hey, Sean. <laughs> Good morning. How are you? 
Hey, thanks for doing a, a couple Mississippi minutes with me. I know you're a Midwestern girl, but you know, sometimes things yeah. for us take a little longer. And your career deserves a uh, hundred Mississippi minutes. So, um, I appreciate you uh, take it, stopping by again. So, Sean, how did rehearsal go? Take me through what you're doing uh, between uh, yesterday and today. Well, we had uh, uh, rehearsal for uh, some videos that, that we're going to be cutting on the twentieth, and uh, we'll be putting those up. Uh, eventually on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com, Sean Murphy Band. And um, so, yeah, we ran through four songs about a million times. You know, you got to do it that way. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. And then I went out last night and sat in with some friends of mine at a, at a local jam here in town. So, uh, ooh. They make you wait five hours? Day. Did they make you wait the five hours like the, they, the last they did story? not. Yeah, they, so. did, they did not. I got a phone and told Gwen that, and then I called Jason Young, you know, my sidekick, and, I, and I've told oh, everybody yeah. that story, and they're just like, just like in awe <laughs> that, <laughs> that anybody would make you wait that long, but how it all works out. We're talking to Sean Murphy. You can listen to yesterday's episode at the end, and you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about, but I'm not giving that away. What we, what we did lack was a lot of incredible records that you've worked on and been a part of, and Sean, I can't help but, you know, people in our business, they always ask, oh, you know, they think that you, you know, they, 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 they just see the, the, the parts that are, you know, on stage. They don't see all of the downtime, all of the effort it takes between time. Uh, and, and a lot of times when there's downtime and when things are a little funky in our business, you got to keep grinding. You got to keep doing it because at the end of the day, you love it that much. So the work doesn't feel like work as much as I think that in the regular world, and I don't know if our world, definitely in regular, but you know what I'm saying, Sean? And you seem to be one of those who's, you made those comments yesterday. You didn't want to sit idle. You wanted to go out on the road. You wanted to be singing and playing and recording, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, a lot of people think, well, you're on stage for an hour and a half, so come on over to my house and spend the afternoon <laughs> or, you know, um, well, after you're done working, we'll go out or, you know, it's like for, for us, it's like a 24 seven job yeah. uh, that we do love. And, and we are so married to that situation that, it, that it's hard to be just relaxed and, and hanging out with folks. Right. Right. We're talking to Sean Murphy, Sean. So yesterday you brought something up. When you were asked to go back when Punch and Them said it was the it was the first band with Bob Seger and you guys started, when you went back, there seemed to be a couple years of like uh, maybe where between things that you did or when you went back to Detroit from L.A., right? And you moved, yeah. you and your child moved back and your baby girl and all that. You got her out of the drawer and all that, and you, you got her a crib. And I'm excited about that part. But but seriously, when you got there, was there what were you doing in the meanwhile? Or when looking back, did it seem like forever? Was there any a time a time in that period where maybe you were questioning everything that was going on? Not at all. I I just continued to uh, grow and and uh, you know hone the craft as it as it as it is and um, uh, just look for every opportunity and and eventually doors do open but you just got to be ready there you know to yank it uh open help it a little bit so that's that's all i did just keep on keeping on 
Okay, so Bruce Hornsby, you know, so some of these acts that you've worked with, they're just so unique. Um, his his piano playing, obviously, and the way he sings, um, compared to Bob, compared to Bob, right? Compared to anybody oh, yeah. who worked, compared to Meatloaf, is more theatrical. I still think he is, and and maybe that's yeah. not the words, but the the proper description. But um, with Bruce, how do you guys meet? And then tell me about y'all's relationship uh, working together. Um, I I met him through actually Laura Creamer. Uh, she had been working with him off and on for a while, uh, and this is some downtime with uh, Seeger. You know, of course, Laura started working with us in 78 with Bob Seeger. Um, so she brought me into the fold, and uh, <laughs> so I started working with him, and um, I also had had been friends with uh, George Marinelli, who was his key, uh, with his guitar player. Um, uh, you know, I met him, that whole contingent out in L.A. So we started working, and, and um, you know, it wasn't too long. Uh, he, what he used to do is he'd go out, and we, we'd have a set list, and we knew what we were going to do from A to B. And uh, so what he, what he likes to do is he takes a set list, and he just rips it up and throws it away, <laughs> and he calls to the audience, all right, we were going to take a request, just write it on a napkin and send it up, and I will sing that song. <laughs> we're going, okay, now what? Yeah. So then we, then we are, you know, thinking about parts that we can do and different songs that he might come up with. So uh, at one point, early on, when I started working with him, he, he did this Bob Dylan song, uh, Takes a Train to Laugh, um, mm-hmm kind of thing, and uh, so we're standing there, and, and of course, there's no background, so we're thinking, what, what should we do? So he does a verse, and it's, it's very Leon Russell kind of thing, approach, right. and and he looks up at me while he's playing the piano, and he goes, hey, Sean, do you want to sing a verse? And I went, I don't know the song. <laughs> oh, he says, oh, okay, don't worry about it. So, so he goes... He goes on, he's playing a little bit, and, and then he gets on mic, he goes, and now, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Sean Murphy, and he just points right up at me, and I'm just going, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I had no idea what to say, so I just, you know, did a, did a lot of kind of, you know, yelling and, and kind of screams here and there, and, and uh, I just finished off, and I looked at him, and he goes, yeah, that's yeah. the way you do it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. You know, that reminds me of, you know, I've done, we, well, we, we did the Opry many, 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 many times, but I used to test songs, and one time I, I was writing uh, with Rafe, we were writing a song that I still love to this day, Empty Spaces. It was about a dream that my dad had, uh, and, and it's off an Indianola record, but, but I decided to, the band was a TV, TV element, you know, the one for Friday night or whatever, and, and, uh, I decided to debut it without the band knowing, and they looked at me like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, so I get where Bruce is going. I felt, you know, at some point as an artist, and I, I know you feel the same way. You get more comfortable in those moments with the crowd when things like you're saying, um, "I don't know that one." It, you know, back when we were young, it may have been embarrassing, and then it becomes really a moment of getting to show who you are, and this, and you get so comfortable with it, it becomes a a great moment for entertaining a crowd and sort of opening up yourself and being vulnerable a little bit, which I think, you know, it's, it's just an honest moment. I mean, have you not felt it, like as you've gotten 
more uh, professional. I mean, what is it? what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, more time on stage. If that's the case. Yeah, that 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 kind of spontaneity the crowd is very much into, and and it just it pulls them in to you more. Right. You know, and and that inclusive thing uh, that you have with the crowd is it, it just gains by leaps and bounds. I think. Oh, I, I totally agree. So, Bruce, you spent a lot of time working with him, and did you work on his records as well? I did a. I I didn't work on the record. Uh, but there was a, um, a really great video that we did, and Joe Henderson played uh, saxophone. Jerry Garcia was there wow. playing guitar. Wow. Um, let's see, we had Bella Fleck, and who else? Uh, of course, the iconic herself, Bonnie Raitt, was on the, on the video, and it was just a really cool deal. Okay, talking to Sean Murphy, you're in a Mississippi Minute. I guess we're going to take a break because I want to jump back. I want to go back to revert to Little Feet days because I have a question. And keep Mississippi beautiful studios. My eyes are looking up at the ceiling like, what am I doing? I promise you, it's going to get better. We'll be right back. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Here in Mississippi Minute, I'm Steve Azar. I am with my pal Sean Murphy, one of the greatest rock singers, soul singers, blues singers ever, ever, and I mean it. You're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio, as always. Go to visitmississippi.org to find out a whole lot of cool, cool musical things, historical things, cultural things that you can do right here, right around the block this weekend. Okay, Sean, Little Feet, I want to go back. We talked and touched a little bit on it yesterday. Uh, okay, you, you, there's all these jam bands now. I mean, you're talking about many music festivals that now have built the reputation uh, on jam bands, right? Little Feet. Yes. Little Feet. Been doing the jam thing for a thousand years, right? So are, do you feel like you guys are definitely one of the uh, trailblazers in that regard, in, the, in that field of music, in that style? Well, certainly, uh, Lowell George kind of blazed that trail. Uh, the original singer and guitar player for Little Feet. Uh, he blazed that trail many, many years ago, and of course he passed away in 1979, and, and the band took the, uh, by, gosh, eight-year eight hiatus before they decided to reform. Um, and, you know, it just, we did a lot of uh, jam festivals, and then we did the jam, we won, we won a jammy one year, which is <laughs> equivalent that? in that world. <laughs> to a Grammy. Wow. There's a jammy? <laughs> That's so good. There's a jammy. <laughs> um, and, 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 and there is a video online. Oh, gosh. I don't know what the link is right offhand, but there's a, the video uh, with Hubert Sumlin, Charlie Musselwhite, and, and all of us uh, rehearsing um, to for when we get, when we uh, go on stage and, and play with uh, a bunch of other guys and during the show, so that's that's pretty cool. That's insane, jammy, unbelievable. Yeah. Well, you know, you, now it's widespread panic. It's been fish. It's been oh yeah. You know, it's crazy. Like I mean, I've got songwriter friends uh, who uh, that 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 whenever they're not gigging or whatever, they go they follow them. It's just insane. The, the oh, it's, how people, it's like it's like. Yeah, it's like the Grateful Dead's followers. 
Yeah, I guess that they've taken that, between Fish and them, they've taken, I guess, that spot of the Grateful Dead. But with you guys, I feel like, okay, so I hope I'm not going to get in trouble here, but this is the truth. Musicianship-wise, you guys are, it's, it's another deal to me. And I'm not going to say another level because I think I'm going to get in trouble for, for all the widespread <laughs> panic fans. But the truth is that Little Feet and you guys, it was so incredible. Uh, the the talent in the group, but yet allowing your soul to take over. You know what I mean? So it's almost like, okay, we're gra- we're all great at what we do. But still, though, you know what I'm saying, Sean? If, am I making any sense there? Yeah, it's it's um, it's really true. The individual members of Little Feet uh, were so well-versed on their instruments. I mean, take Bill Payne for just one example. Oh, my gosh. Um, I mean, he, he could play, uh, gosh, he could play uh, fluently uh, Spanish music. He could play fluently jazz, uh, rock, you know, classical. He was trained classically. And, um, uh, gosh, you know, just, just every kind of music. And, and of course, Paul Barrera, uh, bless his soul. Yeah. Uh, oh, he passed away geez, just a little while ago, a few months ago. And, uh, mm. you know, he just, they ate, slept, and drank music. So, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, when they when you guys woke up, I mean, whatever time it was, uh, I mean, I was obviously getting up. I used to get up. I got so wired at, at night, you know, that I couldn't sleep on. And we did the bus like you guys for many years. Yeah. And so I would... I'd wake up around noon. Um, I, I tried to skip breakfast because I, I had had it at one in the morning, you know. So I guess I'd yeah. had breakfast, but I always felt like it was my dinner. But you, you know, the uh, did 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 you wake up ever hearing the, those guys just like with instruments out in the front? Well, you know, we would travel all night. I don't know uh, if you guys did that or stayed in the hotel and then traveled during the day. But we traveled right after the show. No, we did. We we were at night. Y- yeah, okay, so we'd get into the hotels around 5 in the morning and uh, sleep for a few hours. And a lot of times Paul would take his guitar in or Fred uh, to the hotels. And, um, and of course, Fred played trumpet as well. So mm-hmm. he would be uh, rehearsing his trumpet in the hotel rooms with, a you know, one of those mufflers. Oh, yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, yeah, Trumpet's yeah. pretty loud. <laughs> well, so I slept on the bus all the time. And then, I like, when we were, if there were showers, I'd go shower and I'd come right back. So I didn't want to deal with moving clothes and all that i had a little you know just your little dop kid and and just throw, bring my clothes up and i'd come right back down and get right back on the bus and you know they used to call me uh the bear the bears hibernating back there the bus was ice cold <laughs> was y'all's bus cold like ours i mean ours was really cold i think i remember how cold it was yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but it just depended uh, on um everybody's mood a lot of times Richie would get up in the middle of the night. I don't know if he was sleepwalking or whatever, uh, Richie Haywood, and um, he would turn on the fan and leave it on on and turn it down to about 58. <laughs> so by the time anybody else realized that there was icicles hanging from their nose. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, here's, here's the deal. I, I always felt like that it was healthier because it, nothing could grow in the uh in the arctic in the antarctic you know you know what i mean in alaska <laughs> nothing could grow yeah. at the north pole so and, and i got oh, sick yeah. i used to get sick you know quite a bit especially when i was having throat issues i think you're a little bit more susceptible to anything when it's sort of oh, an yeah. open wound there but 
I remember one time we lost our air condition and we had played this place. I'm not I'm not gonna even bring up where we were. I have no idea how we ended up there. It was a it actually it was a, a I will say it. It was a parking lot of a strip club. And I'm going like, what are we doing? What is this gig? But it was a zillion people. You know, it was a, you know, I say a zillion. There was four, five, six thousand people. But I was going like, why are we in this parking lot? And uh, it was just many, you know, sort of the deal. And so, uh, and it was a Sunday. So I felt totally, I didn't feel good about that at all. I missed church, yeah. right? I've already got my Catholic guilt going. And then I'm in, oh, yeah. so we're there. But that night, I think our punishment was easy. The, uh, the air conditioning goes out. It was uh, 100 degrees that day. I wake up and I had this rash on my face when we got back to Nashville. And I used to tell Joe, this is before we had our own bus, so we were leasing buses. Uh-huh. I said, Joe, we can't have, we, we got to have leather seats. We can't have cloth. And this one had cloth. And I remember oh, I had my Lord. sheet between my, you know, face and then somehow it got away. And all of a sudden, I, man, I was calling my, my doctor buddy, Dr. Teresina, and <laughs> down in Greenville because we were in Nashville. I said, oh, my gosh, something's growing on my face. I mean, it was oh, a nightmare. Lord. It took forever for it to go away. But it went away. Oh. And uh, But it was, uh, I felt like, you know, that it was deserving of that day. And we're talking to Sean Murphy, and I don't know how that came up. All right, Sean, we're talk, let's talk Joe Walsh. Uh, I have okay. a story about Joe Walsh that I regret back in his Memphis oh. days, but we're not going to talk about that right now. So well, I want to talk about you. I have to I have to bring this up just briefly because he was important to both of us, and if you don't mind, because you, your former husband who, who recently passed away, Pietro Luigi Mediani, was our Cecilia's godfather, and he was a fiery, incredible, <laughs> incredibly talented man. Um, it taught me a lot about being on the road, taught me a lot about life, you know, and... Uh, so um, during that period, so I, I, I just wanted to bring up the fact of how much he meant to me. And, and the, the big regret is I lost touch with everybody once we moved back home. I wanted to get to know my kids, but I'll, I'll yeah. always miss him. And I wanted to just at least bring that up to you because I feel like that it, it was something I needed to say, you know. So Yeah. Um, he was, God, he was just one in a million, you know. Yeah. And I know you feel the same. And uh, they'll... I don't think there'll ever be anybody else like him. No, there will um, never be anybody else like him. Great, great player, great writer. God, yeah. I, some yeah. of the tracks he came up with are just amazing. Yeah, musically, he was extremely unique. And I know that may have come from his ethnic background, you know, not being removed from being born and raised in Italy and all that. It, it, it showed, but it was so... It drew you in melodically. It was really amazing. Really, really, really amazing. And then you think about my guy, Jason, who, my sidekick, he's been with me for 24 years now. Piano was the one that said, uh, when, when we had the backup singers, the Kenleys, and they got their record deal and they left, I said, Jason, I need you to sing backup because he was a great singer. And then yeah. Pietro goes, he's not just going to sing. We need, t- Jason, we need you to play some toys. So he gets his, he gets his congas out and, his, and all that. He goes, you know, you got this. He showed him some things. Jason's like the guy, I need you to fly to the moon tonight. Here's how you do it. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And so he learns. Yeah. But all of that <laughs> happened because Pietro had this incredible vision of knowing that he could. And it ended up really molding and shaping where the band my band would go eventually because i'd move jason up to the front because he was his own you know i call him you you know you you can have him for uh you know i'll sell him for seven dollars at night you can put him on top of your dresser you know at night and you just kind of wind him up (laughs) you know 
<laughs> he, he keeps. He was happy. a great presence for you. Yeah. Yesterday we talked about you get to play DJ, and it made it difficult. I'm gonna make it difficult again. So in <laughs> the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studios, I have to say that while we fly and do the break, would you like to hear Denise LaSalle or Howlin' Wolf? Oh God, so you are making it really, really. Birthplace tough. of American music. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, well, maybe Howlin' Wolf. You got it. We're with Sean Murphy. You got to check her out online, Sean Murphy Band, S-H-A-U-N, Murphy Band. She's incredible, and I appreciate her spending two Mississippi minutes with me. We're going to be right back. Oh, who bit you, baby, sis? In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm rolling down a Mississippi highway. Go to visitmississippi.org to find out all the great things you can do right here. Just, just around the corner, trust me. We're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios. Like I said, I've got one beautiful soul of a woman and an iconic talent. One of the greatest singers in history, period. Proof is in the resume, and that's how it goes. Unless you get to see her, and then you don't need any proof, and you get to hear her. Sean Murphy. Sean, uh, let's jump to uh, Eric Clapton. Uh, so many, so many listeners out here, I know are sitting there going, man, we love Eric Clapton, and obviously certain songs uh, come to mind, and and uh, losing a child, you know, the way he did, and just a tough, tough scenario, but... I don't know if there's anybody that doesn't love Eric Clapton. T- take me back to working with him. Uh, what, a, what a time that was. Um, that was back in 1985, and Seeger had actually, conveniently for me, had, <laughs> had gone off the road uh, for a little while. So um, got a call from Marcy Levy, who I'd worked with, uh, back in the day, Borneo Band days with Bob mm-hmm. Seeger, uh, she called me up and said that Eric was going to do a new record, and he asked her if he knew any, if she knew anybody, that, a female singer with a, 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 a real strong voice, and she went, bingo, <laughs> I know exactly who to call. <laughs> so she called me up and, and ta- talked me through it, and I said, absolutely, I would love to. So it happened that he was doing the Behind the Sun record, and wow. he was doing it in Montserrat uh, with the, at George Martin's studio, and Phil Collins was producing. Get so, out of here. <laughs> I'm like shaking, you know, because he's what? been my idol for so many years. Well, I have to ask you, and I've got to I, interrupt real quick. i got to ask you one yeah. thing. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, Phil Collins, was he a producer before he was an artist? What was going on here? How'd that happen? He... Phil has his fingers in every kind of musical pie. You know, he he produced, he he sang, he played drums, he uh, he did everything. He didn't play the drums, uh, but maybe in an auxiliary kind of a capacity with with this particular album. But because uh, Jamie Oldecker was on drums, but um, he was a great producer. He had every kind of thing lined up when he went into the studio everything went so smoothly we did the entire record Man. um 
background-wise in, in three days. Um, and it, it just, there was never any tension. He was just calm and collected and knew where he was going. And it mm. just, I can't say enough about his productions. Well, when you, you're gonna, we're going to go back to where exactly where you were, but did Genesis spawn after all this stuff, or was it going on during this period? Oh, no, it was well going on. This was back in 85. So oh, oh, yeah, 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 you're right. On what am top, I thinking? top of the mix, yeah. He goes solo pretty quick after that. Okay, okay, okay I got you. Okay, so I'm yeah. getting my timetable right. You know, I'm back in Mississippi, <laughs> and I, we just forget about it. Can be, <laughs> it can be kind of confusing. <laughs> okay, so go back. You're, you were talking about, okay, you and Eric, you guys are in there. Phil's producing. Right, so we did the record, um, and after about the first song, he, Eric comes in. He goes, "Look, we're gonna we're gonna uh, support the record with a tour. Do you want to come out and and uh, tour with us?" And I went, "Let me think about that." Yes, <laughs> 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 I don't even think I thought about it. It was just yes. Yeah. So uh, of course we went we went over to um, London to to do the rehearsing. And he had the whole band put up in this, uh, I think it was like a five, four or five story building, you know. And I think we were, Marcy and I were on the fourth floor, so we had to walk up four flights. There was no elevators back then <laughs> in that kind of an atmosphere. So anyway, we worked, we rehearsed for six weeks, all, about eight hours a day for six weeks. Uh, he, Eric is like the consummate, everything to detail. So, but, but not in a way that he's like, running you over with you know, right everything everything was so beautifully done um and then we we did the tour uh, and it, it just was magical and it kind of culminated at live aid we did the live aid show mm -hmm. wow and again yeah it, we did the one in, in philadelphia it was a hundred no it was 99 degrees and 99 percent humidity so hot yeah yeah, I, um, lo I love those gigs because I felt like I earned my supper. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh but, yeah. But, oh but, yeah. But you, it, I like taking my. Sh I remember taking my shirt off. I remember Iowa and Kansas City of all the places. Ooh, yeah. I remember trying to take and it wouldn't come off. You know, it was stuck. And then you put a new shirt on and you're sweating. You're still sweating. It's this constant. Yeah. You know, but anyway, but you're right about that. I mean, you remember those hot gigs. Yeah, and the thing about the thing about that particular show when we walked on stage there was over 101,000 people in the audience and when when they first saw Eric there was this wave of emotion coming off uh, the audience and it was so palpable that we actually had to take a step back because it was like this force that hit you wow it was the most amazing thing i've ever ever dealt with in my entire life yeah. and of course listening to eric play i mean some of the shows that we did and marcy and i weren't on stage all the time so we just i just stand back there and, and listen to him with tears in my eyes i'm yeah. thinking about it right now i'm yeah. getting so clamped it's <laughs> all right that's awesome it's just, oh my god what uh, uh, just amazing and then i did another little tour with him later in canada uh, a few years later so just a great 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 man we're talking to sean murphy i'm getting verklempt as well i mean it's easy to to, <laughs> to feel that especially that force it, it happens i wish i wish our listeners that could understand and and get the feeling of what we're talking about. And I hope in the, in all of your lives out there that there's something that is so passionate to you that you do have that feeling because uh, I think that obviously is is born and raised and lifted up with something that you're so passionate about. And when those moments, you know, you're you're in tune with it. And when 
when those it's like being in the zone i guess as an athlete you have those places where you don't understand uh and it's surreal you know i just yeah. hope our listeners i hope i hope everybody out there has something in their life and even if it's your children or your whatever it is you know yeah <laughs> hold on to it and believe in it and uh, i hope you experience it we're talking to <laughs> sean murphy okay steve winwood am i wrong that you that you didn't didn't you work with steve winwood no i wish i i had but how come uh, I be- how yeah come- he's he lives here he lives here in nashville i just don't understand why that always rang a bell to me but i guess maybe it was hornsby it was during all that yeah. time. okay all right mm-hmm. okay so no, i worked with Al- alice cooper Okay, so I played uh, I've played many charity golf events with Alice Cooper, like a lot of them. Uh, so, and I know some of your boys. I knew I knew Fred and those guys. They love to play golf. So, at, with oh, little yeah. feet. Um, what was uh, what was he? I mean, and then tell me what you did. Did you get on do the? Did you do the stage thing? No, but I I did uh, the uh, the album Hey Stupid, and um, I got a call from from uh, the coordinator, and he brought in. Gosh, there must have been about 10 of us. We all walked into the studio, and, I mean, people like Michael Finnegan and some of the top singers and players in town were were uh, on that record. And we did the entire record in 13 hours, And uh, except we did have one little break for about 45 minutes when when Alice brought in a box of snakes <laughs> into the control Come room. Come on. I'm, <laughs> rattlesnakes at that. Oh, come on. No way. <laughs> way. And Wh- why? I, I, we stayed out of it. I didn't I didn't want any part of even yeah, looking at them. I don't want anything <laughs> to do with them. I still don't want anything. I have a pond. And in fact, there was a cottonmouth the other day just hanging out. On the, you know, it's, it was, it's January. And it was actually it was in, it was right before Christmas. So it was two days before Christmas. And it's just sitting there on the ledge of our of our dock. Oh, and I'm God. going like, I just don't want to see that ever. So yeah. so wait wait what what was the theory there was he practicing for state and why a poisonous snake of all of all things nobody had an answer for us huh. we stayed we stayed in the uh, you know in the in the room where we were singing we didn't want any part of that I don't think any hmm. of us went into to the control room um, where they were and I have no idea why he brought them in okay so you know bizarre. you know as well as I do. Okay, he seems like one of the most normal guys I've ever met. Um, but I guess he feels extremely normal because of what you think as a fan and, you, you know, what you read about and what you see as a kid growing up. And you're, But he's nothing like that. I mean, so it had to be he's practicing his act or whatever because he's really a kind oh, of a yeah. level-headed, relaxed guy. I mean, I just don't see Alice Cooper except you see the hair. He looks like himself, right? But... But his demeanor changes to me when you're around the um, golf course or, or or these charity events, and just a pleasant guy. Very nice guy, and and he's very smart, very very smart, and always has been. And I I've been on festivals with him, gosh, since back in the '60s. You know, he used to play in Michigan a lot, um, so got a chance to see his act. You know, from growing up, basically, and uh, yeah. so it was it was a treat to actually work on the record which is is a fun little record well just fyi is not that smart just for what you just told me <laughs> nothing smart <laughs> about that genius. there's nothing smart about being <laughs> you know doing that heading into a break with my pal sean murphy go to visit mississippi.org to find out all the cool 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 things you can do right here some love this place i move back home
Hey folks, for over 75 years, Guarantee Bank has been committed to meeting the financial needs of their customers and communities. Even during this challenging time, that commitment remains the same. They're always there to serve your everyday banking needs, answer your questions, offer support, and get through this together. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Flying down a Mississippi highway. I am with Sean Murphy, great, great, incredible artist, songwriter, singer, uh, one of my favorite people ever. Spent many days breaking bread at their house. Uh, you're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio, as always. Go to visit Mississippi.org to find out what you're going to do this weekend. SeanMurphyBand.com, S-H-A-U-N, please. Y'all got to check it out. But as an artist, have you felt like when you, and I know we're constantly growing, and, and I feel like as a writer, I'm just getting there. I mean, I'm writing much better. I like to write alone. But as an artist and as you grow, don't you feel like that it's just that we're just getting started when it comes to the sky's the limit as far as our ability? Oh, I totally agree. It just, I, if I would have known now what I, uh, I mean, known then what I know now, right? I would have been shocked. You know, I just, I keep learning every single day. I, if something happens and I go, it expands something else in my mind. And, and I go here and I go there in my mind and it's just like, wow. Um, and then I go hear somebody and that triggers something. It's just crazy. Yeah, I love it. Well, one last thing before we let you go. We know you're, go- you're going back to rehearsing everything. So... How many times has Bob Seeger decided he was done and he said he's done again, right? Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, I know we came after 10 years. I guess we were one of the one of the times, 2006 and seven. I mean, do you really feel like it's, or you, you always go, well, it might not be. In this case, is it? Well, you know, more than any other time, um, he has, he has talked to the audience about, you know, this is it, that kind of thing. And, and he's never actually stated this is the final tour. I mean, in 86, he was thinking about retiring, because, but he basically took 10 years off because he wanted to be with his kids, like you, you know. Yeah, you yeah. want to be with the kids and watch them grow up and all that sort of thing. So, um, But he did come back in 96, and he kind of just crept up and started really touring again uh, all, all up to uh, this last year. Uh, of course, he had to take. We started that tour in 2000, 2017, and we were, oh gosh, we weren't that far into the tour, and it was going to be a short tour because um, his record was going to be released in November. And it, coincidentally, he decided to quit the tour. Uh, he was going to stop the tour almost to the day that the record was released, which I, nobody right. could understand. But right. anyway, um, we didn't get but a few. Sh- few shows into October and uh, all of a sudden we we were all waiting at the air- airport you know we <laughs> we flew private at that point and, right and nobody nobody was talking to us and you know we're just sitting there for hours and as yeah. the three of us girls went and got something to eat and came <laughs> back and <laughs> and finally they just said you know uh, the tours canceled. We were wow. on our way to we were on our way to Columbus, and half the band actually had dr- driven there the night before, so that they could just you know be with friends. And uh, a couple of the guys uh, were from Columbus, so they were all there partying and and hanging out. And 
bam, the tour was canceled. Well, did he have back issues, though, Sean, or something, right? He did. There was there was something in his neck. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. A yeah. vertebra or something like that. And right. They gave him they gave him two options, and and he was really trying to hang on until the the November stop date, uh, but he just said the pain was just got, had gotten way wow. too bad. So um, he goes. The doctor said, "Well, you can go through the front; it'll be less painful, and your recovery time will be a lot shorter. Mm-hmm. Or you can go through the back, and it'll be more painful and a lot longer right. recovery time." He said, "Well, nobody wants a singer; doesn't want anybody messing from the front." Right. So he opted for the back, and of course, it took him uh, a year to the date to, of recur- uh, recovery and therapy and everything. And and uh, we went on, and and eventually, we did over seventy. 70 shows. More shows, right. You know, after yeah, the... And it's a, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, and, and towards the end, he, he said, he would say, well, we got four more shows. Well, we got two more shows. <laughs> well, this is it. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. And to answer your question long-windedly... It's all right. I, I don't like know. It. Well, you know, he was so good to me, and uh, obviously I got to know his wife, Nita, and Sam, I, uh, our, and their daughter. I just loved her. <laughs> she, would, In yeah. fact, when we did, we came back and did the hoedown after that tour, uh, she came and sang on stage with me. So it was awesome. Bob was back uh-huh. there, and she apparently was grounded. So Nita and her sister were there, and brother-in-law. They were all there, and then we were on the bus, and then Bob shows up. Because I think she had thrown a party or something when she wasn't supposed to. You know, supposed to do ah. She's really supposed to do that as a youth. So anyway, I was going like, Nita, come <laughs> on. Think about when we were young. She's ground, grounded for that. Anyway, they showed up, and it was great. But uh, always good, and I'll, I'll never forget that, sharing his crowd with, with me and the guys uh, and how, how graceful and how, how wonderful he was about it. Uh, it was a, a, an a it was an experience I'll never forget, and I was so appreciative. And and uh, it was it was something at, at my that time in my life when I needed it. Uh, so it was medicine for sure. Sean, I can't thank you enough. We have been with Sean Murphy. You go seanmurphyband.com, Sean Murphy Band, everything. Twitter it. So go go see her on Instagram. Become a friend of hers, a fan, but you'll become a friend. Sean, thank you so much. You've been in the Mississippi Minute in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios, and uh, you're the best girl. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. It was so wonderful to talk to you. You too, buddy. Have a blessed one. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. I'm still trying to find my way Hey, folks. For over 75 years, Guarantee Bank has been committed to meeting the financial needs of their customers and communities. Even during this challenging time, that commitment remains the same. They're always there to serve your everyday banking needs, answer your questions, offer support, and get through this together. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.